Good morning. I am so jazzed to be back speaking again. For the last five weeks, we've been gone between COVID, uh, when I was homesick, and uh, right after Christmas, we made a trip to Joplin, Missouri, to, to have Christmas with our kids. Five of our six kids live in Joplin. The sixth one came down, and we were there for Christmas with them for a few days. It was marvelous. But then we left Joplin, Missouri, and helped our oldest daughter, her husband, their four kids, move from Joplin, Missouri to Boston, Massachusetts. We pulled the camper that whole way and, uh, and got him there and endured um, a closing that fell through that got delayed and staying in the hotel and all that kind of stuff, a furnace that broke in New England um, in, a, in a house from the 1700s. That was an adventure as well. We finally got home last night about five o'clock. And, um, and so I'm just really, really excited to be here. The, the really cool thing, though, has been in all, those, in all that time over the last five, six weeks, I have, I have felt very connected to North Point because of, because of the live stream. So you guys who are watching at home, hey, um, I, I've been with you so much of the time. It's just been a, it's been a great thing to be able to do that. And the podcast that Jake mentioned um, with the Don't Cuddle the Panda t-shirts um, that comes up on Tuesday, that's been a great connector too. It's, it's allowed me to feel like I was just connected with, with Jake and Chris and Mark and, and just kind of reprocessing the, the message. It's, it's been a really good thing. I would encourage you to take advantage of that um, because it, it's a part of what God uses to draw us to him and to keep us connected um, as a body. I love this series, the, this series to start the year. Let me think. Wisdom from Proverbs, how to, how to live well, think right. Um, it, it makes a ton of sense. I've always loved the book of Proverbs, and I hope that you're in the process of reading a proverb a day. Today is the 16th. So if you haven't read it yet, go home today and read Proverbs 16. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 17. And, and just a one a day that goes with the day of the month. Um, we're gonna do that for the next couple of months. And, um, and I think that you'll find, you'll hear God speak to you. Both, um, both Jake and Chris have said, um, Proverbs uh, are a part of wisdom literature. Um, and, and that's different than the rest of scripture. It's different than, um, than uh, history books like the book of Acts or the book of Judges or, or the book of Kings. It's different than prophetic books like Ezekiel or Hosea or Revelation. It's different than that. It's different from the books of law like Deuteronomy or, or Leviticus. It's different from the instructional letters of Paul or Peter or James. But Proverbs definitely teaches. It teaches us. And it teaches us, um, it, was, it was written so that Solomon could teach his son um, truth that came from God. It teaches us by sharing what I would call observational truth. Solomon says, this is what I see as I look out in the world. This is what I see to be true. It's not promises. But, but this is what is generally true. I see it over and over and over again. Now, as I listened to Chris and, and Jake, I was thinking, oh, is it possible that people are thinking, oh, because it's just this observational truth, are people thinking Proverbs isn't that big a deal? Well, it, here's the thing. Observational truth is true. It's what you see around. And when you live it out, when you, when you live out that observational truth, it spares you the consequences of making bad decisions. 
I mean, just, um, <clears throat> it doesn't make it less true because it's not a promise. It, it, um, it still teaches us how to live well and think right. So uh, a common proverb in, um, in American culture, not a common proverb, this is a proverb I heard at home, all right? Uh, anybody heard this before? A stitch in time saves nine. That's a proverb, right? Observational truth. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> My grandma said it. Here's what it means. If, if you've got a little tear and you sew up that tear in time, it's going to keep it from tearing lots more, right? A stitch in time saves nine stitches later, right? So if you make the correction now, you're not going to suffer the consequences of, of having to throw that piece of cloth away. Observational truth. So what's that tell you? If you get a little tear in your pants or in your shirt, what's it tell you to do? Fix it, right? Fix it. If you don't fix it, it's, uh, it's going to fall apart, going to have to be thrown away. Observational truth still needs to be obeyed. Um, uh, today's message is very topical. Um, we, we love to teach through scripture, but today's, it's a topic that's found throughout the book of Proverbs. Um, and, the, and the topic is friendship. Um, we're going to start with what I think is the key verse about friendship from the book of Proverbs. Um, and then we're going to flesh that out with some real practical teaching. Um, let, me, uh, let, me, um, let, let me just say one last thing about Proverbs. It's easy for us to acquire knowledge and to learn about God. It's easy for us to come together as the body of Christ and to hear a message and think, oh yeah, that's true. Hear me, hear me when I say this. It's not enough to know about God. It's not enough to know the stories of Scripture. It's only when, when Scripture gets inside us, when we begin to think, when we know Jesus and we have the mind of Christ, when God teaches us through his word how to live, how to be wise, that our lives change. Otherwise, it's just simply good information. And it is good information, but it won't change your life. God's got to take what's in Proverbs and get it in our hearts and live it out in our flesh. So today we're talking about, um, about friends. Um, this, this, uh, this message is very relevant for me personally. When we left Joplin on December 31st, um, we drove away towing our kids camper. We drove with Deb and I and two of the grandkids in the car with us. Um, Lee and Charlie were in the other car with the other two kids. And as we left Joplin, as we left Joplin, the, our other four children that lived there were all there standing in the parking lot of the hotel as we drove away. Two of the cousins that lived there as well were there. And they're all bawling their eyes out because they've done life together. Uh, Lee and Charlie, all four of their kids have been born in Joplin. The other kids came to be there with Lee and Charlie. And so when they moved and, and uh, when they took the job, Charlie took the job and they moved to Boston, driving away that morning, that Saturday morning, it was just really difficult to watch our kids grieve the loss of their oldest sister and uh, brother-in-law. Over the next 10 days, as we waded through the, through the missed closing of their house, we had a lot of time to talk to the grandchildren. 
Uh, we were in a hotel um, all that time, and and so I'm you know I'm playing the grandpa card and thinking, what is it? What wisdom can I share with my grandkids without them thinking I'm an old fogey kind of thing, you know? Uh, and and so um, at the same time, I'm working on this message on friendship, um, and. And I'm th thinking through what they need to hear as they move to a new area. And the question that I ask them is, do you know what the most important decision that you'll make here in Massachusetts is, besides knowing and following Jesus, when you go to school? What's, what's the most important decision that you're going to make? It's going to be who you choose as friends. That's going to make all the difference in the world. If you choose the right friends in Massachusetts, it's going to be a spectacular place to, to grow up, to be filled. It's going to be a place filled with adventure and fun. If you choose the wrong friends, it's going to be bad. There's, there are going to be bad consequences. You'll, uh, it'll just be very difficult. Um, it's the same advice that I gave to our children when they left home for college. It's the same advice I gave to our children when they started a new job. It's the same advice I gave to, to our kids when they, when they went to school for the first time. Choose your friends carefully. That truth is directly from the book of Proverbs. The consequences for not choosing your friends carefully can be deadly. It can put your, it can put your life on a path of just tremendous destruction. It's easy when you're, when you're in a new place, when you're in a new job, when you're in a new environment, when you're just with a new group of people to decide, I'm going to be friends with the first person who reaches out to me or the first person that responds when I reach out to them. That's not necessarily the best path. Listen to what Proverbs 12, 26 says. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Why is it so important how we, that we choose our friends carefully? Because letting the wrong voices into our head puts us on a path towards destruction. It makes us think differently. It makes us make unwise decisions. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Here's the question for all of us, I think, not just for my grandkids. Do you want to be wise? Choose wise friends. Um, wh why is that? Because I think there's a, a related principle that's there about friendship as well. Your friends will set the standards of your life. Your friends will set your standards. The more time you spend with someone, the more you listen to them, the more you laugh with them, the more you see how they respond under stress, the more you will become like them. Parents, how many times have you had the conversation with your, with your kids where you say, you did not learn that behavior in this house. Where did that come from? And your kids said, everybody else is doing it, right? And what'd you say? Everybody else is not doing it because you're not doing it. That's not what we do in our family. You're not going to talk that way. You're not going to treat your sister that way. You're not going to stay out until two in the morning, right? Um, where did they learn that behavior? Where did they learn that it was okay? It was from hanging with friends 
that that was a norm for. Or maybe they learned it from TV. Side comment here just in the midst of the message, don't let TV be your kid's best friend. Don't let TV or the media be your best friend. Why is choosing your friends carefully so important? Because we will become like them. Listen to Proverbs 22. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Don't miss that clause. That's the third one that down there. You will learn to be like them. That's why choosing your friends carefully is such an important is such an important principle. This is the, um, uh, here's the third principle about friendship that I think there in Proverbs. Um, choose your friends carefully. Um, your your friends will set your standards. Here's the third principle: one great friend is all it takes. Um, Early on in school, if you think back, if you can remember back when, when you were in school, we learned how important it was to be popular, right? The popular people, they got invited to the parties. The popular, when you were a kid, the popular people, they, they were the ones that got invited to the birthday parties. The, they were the ones that got all the attention. They were the ones that got invited to sleepovers, to dances, all that stuff as you grew up. Um, it's easy for us as adults to still believe that's true. Having a lot of friends is what it's all about. Lots of people that you can invite over, lots of people you can play cards with, lots of people you can go to movies with, lots of people that you can do all kinds of things with. Um, as an extrovert, okay, I, I am, did you all know I'm an extrovert? <clears throat> as an extrovert, can I tell you something that I've learned? It's better to have one great friend than a lot of acquaintances. It's better to have one great friend than a lot of acquaintances. Proverbs 18, 24 says this, a man of too many friends chosen indiscriminately will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Solomon says, here's what I've seen. You can have lots of friends. You can choose to bring lots of people into your life but they're not gonna be nearly as valuable or as important in your life as having one friend that sticks with you all the time, that really loves you. The, the New Living Translation says, uh, uh, translates that verse this way. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Um, you know, over the years as a pastor, I've been a part of lots of funerals. And there's a, there's a fairly common um, circumstance, a, a fairly common experience that happens when somebody has lost somebody that they love dearly. And, and you're at the visitation, sometimes it happens at the funeral and memorial service. Um, there's all the people that come by that express their condolences and, and love on the person who's just grieving tremendously. And, and they accept that and it means so much to them. Let me just say that. When you have an opportunity to come and be with someone who has lost somebody that they love, that means a lot. But as an outside observer, when the person who is that person's deepest friend comes in the room, all of a sudden, everything changes. 
all of a sudden that person just melts because that person that they don't have to they don't have to say anything they don't have to pretend they don't have to do any all they all they need to do is just have them there and having them there gives them a tremendous amount of strength there are friends who destroy each other but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother um, here's a here's a challenge for you if you're one of those people who knows how to work a room who likes having lots of acquaintances, who's a person that with, with lots of friendships, um, I wanna encourage you today to think, I'm gonna do the work that it takes to have one good friend. If you're a person who has lots of relationships, that will be a struggle. And there's, that, that, that's a really, really good challenge for you in this new year. I'm gonna do what it takes to develop friendships, a, a real friendship with someone who can love me, who can know me, and I can be transparent and know as well. Um, you may not need a real friend right now, but you will. There's gonna come a time that you will and you, and, and, and you will need them desperately at that point in time. Here are, the, here are the big picture principles about friendship that I think are from Proverbs. Choose your friends carefully. Uh, recognize that your friends will set the standards in your life of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And the, the third one is that one great friend is, a, is better than a lot of okay friends. Um, what I wanna do for the last half of this message is to let... Proverbs speak to us about what to look for in a friend. How do you choose friends wisely? I told my grandkids to watch today's message, all right? So, so this, is, this is it. This is how you have friends. Now, it's not just for kids. It's not just for grandkids. For many of you, most of you who are adults, I would challenge you to listen to these seven things that, that jump out, jumped out to me from Proverbs um, about friendship. And use them as a way to analyze and to evaluate the friends that you have in your life and whether they're the people that you want to continue to have deep friendships with. Are they good friends or not? So uh, Emma, Atticus, Amos, when you head off to school next week, when you go to your new church, when you join your soccer team, these are the things that I want you to pay attention to and I want you to look for. They're from God's word. Um, First is this, friends make each other better. Friends make each other better. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Here's the the deal, you you wanna know who's gonna be a good friend? They are going to help you get better. They're gonna challenge you, They're they're gonna encourage you, they're gonna lead you to help become a better person. Um, if you're evaluating, here's the question. As you hang with a person, does that person help you become a better version of yourself? Do they help you think more clearly? Do they help you respond better? Or do they help you respond worse when things don't go your way? Do they help you be more responsible instead of less responsible? Do they help you treat others with kindness? Does being with this person help you demonstrate and live out the fruit of the Spirit 
that we find in the New Testament. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Do they help you live that out? Or do they move you towards what Scripture calls the deeds of the flesh, the things that are carnal, that are easy, that we're drawn to? Um, Here's the thing that I know about me. I can get in enough trouble on my own. I don't need somebody else to help lead me down the path of trouble. Anybody, can somebody give me an amen? <laughs> All right. All right. Friends make each other better. We need friends that can help us do that. Second principle is this. A good friend sticks around in difficult times. How do you know? How do you choose good friends? How do you know if, a, if, if that person in your life that you're thinking of right now is a, is a good friend? A good friend sticks around in difficult times. Um, when you're under fire... When you make a stupid decision, when you're depressed, does this person run or do they stay right by your side? When things are going great for us, it's nice to have people who, who, who are uh, around us to enjoy the ride. You know, you think about the, the story that Jesus told about the prodigal son. He had all this money, he went and he just lived crazy and he had all kinds of friends, right? But when the money ran out, everything was gone. When things are going great for us, it's nice to have people around, but are they there when things are not um, so good? When you get married, when you get get that promotion, when you buy that home, when you get that paper or that book published, when you graduate or receive that degree, it's great to have friends around to help you celebrate. But when do you really need a friend? It's when you're struggling. It's when you're hurting. It's when you're sick. It's when the relationships around you, you know, you go through a divorce, you have a broken relationship with one of your kids, whatever, that's when you need a friend. Proverbs 17 says, a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Friends stick with us, no matter what. No matter what the circumstances. Third, the third um, way to determine whether or not the friends that you have are good friends. A good friend proves themselves over time. Uh, a friend is not a short timer. They're in for the long haul. They're not a one-hit wonder in your life. They're with you in good times, in bad times. Day in, day out. Proverbs 20 says, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find? A good friend proves themselves over time. Ups and downs, they stick with you. Good times, bad times, they stick with you. When you're at your worst, they stick with you. A good friend proves themselves over time. Fourth principle is this. A good friend will tell you the truth. A good friend will tell you the truth. I love Proverbs 27, verse 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses. You know what that means? Um, There are people who do not have your best um, in mind that will tell you how great you are all the time, that will tell you good stuff. But somebody who can talk with you and tell you, you know what, this is an area that you need to work on. This is an area of weakness. This is a hard thing for me to say to you, but you need to hear it. That's a true friend. Um, being a good friend means sometimes saying difficult things, even things that can hurt. Um, but they're said because they want you to be better. 
because they want to warn you of danger, because they can see some blind spots maybe that you can't see. Um, If a friend only tells you things that you want to hear, if a friend only tells you compliments, if the friend only tells you how great you are, beware. Um, I remember hearing a speaker at a conference, this is about seven or eight years ago, it was not long after I had first come to North Point. Um, Coming to North Point was the first time that I've been in a role as a lead pastor. I've been um, a minister, a pastor for, I don't know, 40 years or whatever, but this is the first time that I've been in this seat um, at, at a church. And the reason I remember this particular thing the speaker said was because it was like, whoa, where, where'd that come? And I think that this is a variation of something that's said oftentimes in the business world. What the guy said was this, the day you become a lead pastor is the last day anyone will tell you the truth. Uh, Oh, that's painful, right? The day that you become the CEO, that's the last day that anyone will tell you the truth, the lead pastor, whatever it is. I I remember hearing that and determining I want to foster an environment at North Point with our staff and with our elders where they have the ability to tell me the truth and where I ask for that. I want to have friends that I do ministry with that care about me, that care about the church. Good friends will tell you the truth. Um, If you have a trusted friend and they tell you something that's painful, don't blow off the friendship. Listen to them. Evaluate it. Hear what they're saying. If you know that they care about you deeply, that they've proven that over time, pay attention to what they say. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. Uh, principle number five, advice from a good friend is a relief. I, I love this concept from Proverbs 27, nine oil and oil and perfume make the heart glad. So does the sweetness of a friend's counsel that comes from the heart. So does the sweetness of a friend's counsel. Have you ever had a, a friend that, that you don't know what to do? And the friend says, Oh, here's what I'm thinking. And they, that may not even be the path that you choose, but just hearing their counsel provides perspective and a sense of peace. Um, Principle number six, a good friend doesn't hold grudges. Proverbs 17, verse nine, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Dwelling on it separates close friends. If you have a friend that holds grudges, um, they're not a good friend. If they can recount all the times that you've heard them in the past, they're not a good friend. Emma Atticus Amos, if, they're, if you deal with kids that are holding on to things that have happened in the past, they won't be a good friend. Dwelling on it separates close friends. Um, there's, there's also an element of, of gossip in that proverb. The English Standard Version says it this way, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Somebody who's holding on to that stuff that happened in the past. Here's the seventh principle. A good friend doesn't drive wedges. A good friend doesn't drive wedges. Um, Do do you have anybody in your life that is always pitting one person against another? They're always creating division. They're always saying, oh, did you hear this? Did you see what that person, did you see the way that they looked at you? They're always trying to, to, to drive wedges in between people. That's not a good friend. 
Proverbs 16, 28. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. The ESV, I love the last phrase of the ESV. A whisperer separates close friends. Did you see? Did you see that? Did you see that? Why do you think they did that? A whisperer separates close friends. How do you determine if you have good friends? How do you find good friends? Friends make each other better. A good friend sticks around in difficult times. A good friend proves themselves over time. A good friend will tell you the truth. A good friend, advice from a good friend is going to be a relief. A good friend won't hold grudges. A good friend won't drive wedges. Um, let, Let me just say this in conclusion. A good friend has incredible influence in the lives of people around them. Proverbs 22 verse 11 says, one who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. I love that. One one who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. In the early 2000s, I served at a church in Northern Virginia that was just outside Washington, D.C. We were really close to the headquarters of America Online. And um, one of the guys in the church worked at AOL, and he told me a story about, uh, about something that happened. He was called into a meeting. He was a, he was a mid-level manager, um, you know, not a top exec. But he gets pulled into this meeting with all these execs. And um, for those of you who are younger, America Online was this... Um, <laughs> This thing before Google, um, you know, it it was what was happening in the late '90s and the early 2000s, and AOL was a big deal. So so he gets called into this meeting, and and they're they're talking about this change that they're going to make at AOL. That on the sign-in screen, if you didn't hit a particular button, it was going to change your level of membership, and it was going to cost you, I think it was five or six dollars more a month. They were doing it, and it was a subtle change, and it was going to make AOL a whole bunch of money. So the guy who's pitching the idea goes around the room and says, okay, what's everybody think? Because it's, it's really pretty deceitful what was going to happen. And my friend's in this meeting, and they go around. Everybody says, oh, it's a great idea. It's great. Oh, we're going to make so much money. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Oh, and you can't even see that it's there. It's a great idea. And, and my friend said, I don't think it's a good idea at all. I think it's going to hurt the company. Because people are going to discover that their rate has increased $5 a month. And they're going to get angry and they're going to leave AOL. Um, and and, uh, and, and this, one of the guys, one of the execs who was there um, began to ask him questions about that. And everybody else in the room is going, what's he doing? He's talking to this guy and giving a contrary opinion when everybody else is on the same page. Um, the guy who was asking my friend the question was Ted Leonsis. Ted Leonsis now owns the Washington Wizards, the, um, the WNBA team that's in Washington, um, the Washington Capitals. He's a really rich, powerful guy. He's not a king, but he valued someone who would tell him the truth seasoned with grace. That's what that, uh, one who loves a pure heart, who speaks with grace, will have the, a king for a friend. Um, Proverbs are observational truth, not promises. So if you speak with seasoned grace, that doesn't mean that the president's going to call you up and have you be your friend. But people of influence are going to value what you have to say. 
Um, and, and it doesn't matter what kind of influence that is, whether, they're, uh, whether they have political power, financial power, media power, they want people with a pure heart who has their best interest. Um, what, what, why does today's message matter? I, um, it, <laughs> I was thinking about this and thinking, ah, oh, people are going to say, oh, what was your sermon about? Oh, it was a sermon on friendship. Woo, that's a real deep church, not a whole lot of theology there, that kind of thing. Why does a, why does a message on friendship matter? Because friends are critically important in your life. They will either draw you towards Jesus or away from him. They will allow you to be vulnerable and open to learning or not. Um, choosing and having the right friends are critical for us at North Point. It's why, we, why life groups are such a high value for us. Life groups are a place that you can find friends. It's why we talk about intentional disciple-making relationships so much. In the context of relationships, of safe relationships, of people who really care about you, we encourage each other. We walk with each other. We follow Jesus together. Friends keep us on track. Friends help us follow Jesus. Um, a couple of thoughts just as I finish. Um, take some time this week and communicate to your friends, to good friends who are part of your life, how grateful that you are to have them. Just let that be one of your takeaways from the, today. If you're looking for a good friend, um, don't be afraid to ask God for his help. And don't be afraid to reach out and, and, and start to, to reach out to people to think, can this be a good friend for me? Um, here's the crux of all. The best friend that you can ever have is Jesus. It's, it's, uh, it's Jesus. He came to earth so that he could walk with us, so that he could be with us through the difficult times and the good times. He loves us and wants the best for us no matter what. Hear what he had to say to his disciples and to us. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the clear teaching about stuff that matters so much to us in everyday life. Lord, I ask that you would help us to choose our friends carefully with wisdom. And God, I ask that you would help us evaluate our friendships, the people who are in our life, whether they're helping us um, move towards you, helping us understand who you are better or not. And then God, give us the courage to make changes to have discernment um, so that we can know you more, love you better, and be with you forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.